place ourselves before you now as we open up your written word. I pray that you would speak to us from it. We believe it's living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword that's able to pierce right to the center of our heart to help us to see how we need you in our lives. I pray now that you would continue to lead us as we seek to worship. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, to invite you to take your copy of God's Word, open it up, or if you're using a device, turn it on, and as you turn that device on, go ahead and turn your cell phone off. How about that? that work? See how I slipped that right in there? That was pretty good. We're going to be looking in Luke chapter 2 today, Luke chapter 2. We're going to be reading verses 8 through 14 as we uh, are, are considering the cast of Christmas, what we can learn from different groups that were involved in the birth of Jesus. And today I've titled the sermon, An Angelic Announcement. Last week we looked at the prophets and we saw what they had to teach us about waiting upon God to fulfill his promises. And today we're going to see these angels and what they have to teach us about the nature of the good news of Jesus' birth. Now, the angels are one of the more familiar groups in the Christmas narrative, right? In fact, the text we're going to read is a text that many of us are familiar with. If you've ever watched Charlie Brown's Christmas, you have heard this text read. And, and we're kind of fascinated with angels anyway. I would just say this at the outset about angels is that the, the Greek word for angel can also mean pastor. <laughs> it's truth. Again, I don't write the mail, I just deliver it, okay? The messengers too, I didn't say you're pastor, I just said it could be pastor. The messengers that are sent, the, the, the word that is sent to these angels. In fact, let's read this familiar text from Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angels said to these shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with this one angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Notice the phrase that the angels used in this announcement with the birth of Jesus. They used that phrase, good news. Now, the Greek word for that phrase, good news, is the same word that the apostle Paul uses for the word gospel. 
For you see, the birth of Jesus was good news because it was gospel news. You hear that? The birth of Jesus was good news because it was gospel news. His birth led to his life. His life led to his death. His death led to his resurrection. And that death and resurrection gives us life. I want us to examine this morning for just a few moments why this good news that was declared by these angels some 2,000 years ago is still good news for us today. Why this angelic announcement still impacts our lives today. And we'll move through quickly. First is this. The news of Christmas is good news because it's joyful news. Okay, the news of Christmas is good because it's joyful. Look at what it says in verse 10. The angels said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great, what? Joy. Good news of great joy. One of the most fascinating things to me about Jesus, not that there's something that's not fascinating about him, but one of the more fascinating things that sticks out to me is how he is always connected to this concept of joy. Even though Jesus was called the man of sorrows, he's connected to this idea of joy. For example, Before he was born, his cousin, John, the the one we would know as John the Baptist, from his mother's womb, Elizabeth, John, according to Luke 144, when he heard the news that Jesus would be born into his mother's womb, he leapt for great joy. At the birth of Jesus, the Magi, upon seeing the star, Matthew chapter 2 and verse 10, they, they were filled with exceedingly great joy. <clears throat> During the life of Jesus, as he spoke and as he preached and as he spoke words of salvation and eternal life, John 15, 11 says that he did that so those who heard him would have his joy in their lives. The first people to show up at the tomb at his resurrection in Matthew chapter 28, verse 8, they were the two Marys, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Jesus, and it tells us that when they saw that the tomb was empty, when an angel told them Jesus was alive, they left that place with great joy. All of Jesus' life is connected to the idea of joy. Even in his death and resurrection, it's the idea of joy. So maybe you should put a smile on your face this morning. Instead of looking like your team ain't going to make the college football playoffs. I know I just meddled. I'm sorry. Great joy. to understand the joy of his birth. Messiah, the king, had arrived. And what that means, listen, what this means is that when Jesus arrived at that moment, the power of sin and hell was on the way out, and the power of forgiveness and salvation was on the way in. 
That's why it's good news of great joy. You see, joy in this context is not the same thing as feelings of happiness. Biblical joy, you need to know this, and I need to know this, and be reminded of this, that biblical joy is a spiritual experience. Biblical joy results from knowing God. It results from serving God. It is the fruit of a right relationship with God. It cannot be created by you or your actions. It's only found in a relationship with Jesus. Over 2,000 years later, joy is still available. My question to you is, do you possess it? Because the message of Christmas is good news because it's joyful news. Number two, <clears throat> the news of Christmas is good news because it's global news. Verse 10, the angel said, fear not for whole to bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. This is good news of great joy for all the people. The message of Christmas is simple. God sent his son to save the world. John 3, 16 and 17, some of the most famous verses in all of scripture tell us that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son that, what? Fill in the blank. That Whoever, it's on the screen, you can't get it wrong, <laughs> okay, that he loved the world so much that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The good news about salvation is that anyone can experience it. You are not so good that you don't need it, and you're not so bad that you can't receive it. That's why Jesus makes this statement, and again, <clears throat> we're going to fill in the blank. We're going to fill in the blank. <laughs> Jesus said in John 6, 37, whoever, wait, wait, who? Whoever, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. We live in a culture, and that culture, I need to be careful how I speak, that culture has infiltrated even the church in this way. We don't mind good news getting to people who talk like us who vote like us, who think like us, or who act like us. We don't mind good news being received by them. We don't mind good news being delivered to them. But the Word becoming flesh was a global event that made the very best news available to whoever. That baby 
who was placed in a manger would live a perfect life, a life that I could never live. And he would die in my place for my sins so that I could have a relationship with God. That, my friends, is good news for Democrats. It's good news for Republicans. It's good news for independents. It's good news for libertarians. It's good news for the Tea Party. It's good news for the Sweet Tea Party. It's good news for people with white skin. It's good news for people with black skin. It's good news for people with brown skin. It's good news for people with yellow skin. It's good news for people with or without skin. It's good news for people who are in power. It's good news for people who have no power. It's good news for people with large bank accounts. It's good news for people with empty bank accounts. It's good news for those who have. It's good news for those who have not. It's It's good news for females. It's good news for males. It's good news for Baptists. It's good news for Methodists. It's good news for Presbyterians. It's good news for Pentecostals. It's good news for Baptists or for Catholics. It's good news. Pick your religious poison. It's good news. It's good news for Alabama fans. It's good news for Auburn fans. It's good news for Florida fans. It's good news for Florida State fans. It's even good news for Aggies and Ole Miss Rebel fans. It is global good news. It's good news for whoever will confess their sin. And repent and turn to God. And what amazes me the most about Jesus is not just that he would accept me, but that he desires to accept me. Peter told us when talking about why Jesus has not returned. Do you ever wonder why doesn't Jesus just return and just get this over with? Why didn't he come back for his bride and right every wrong and set things straight? Well, people had that question back in Peter's day. And Peter answered by telling them this, the Lord is not slow concerning his promise to return as some count slowness The Lord is patient with you. The reason Jesus has not yet returned is that God is not wishing that any should perish, but he desires everyone to reach repentance. Good news. Salvation is available for all. My question to you is, are you telling all? Are you telling whoever that the good news of Christmas is for them. The good news is, of Christmas is good news because it's global news. Number three, and we'll hurry now. I said that earlier, but I mean it this time. <laughs> the news of Christmas is good news because it's personal news. You see, even though this news of Christmas is global, it's also very personal because in verse 11, the angel says, for unto you, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, 
who is Christ the Lord. That yes, it is good news of great joy for all people, for it's unto you, you as an individual, it's unto you. Don't miss this, Christ was born for you. Christ lived a perfect life for you. Christ died for you. Christ rose from the dead for you. In spite of your sin, Christ gave himself for you. And that means that you have a responsibility for deciding what to do with his offer. That decision is now in your court. Since the message of Christmas is a personal message, you must decide today what you're going to do with his sacrifice for your sin. The news of Christmas is good news because it's personal news. Fourth, it's good news because it's divine news. The news of Christmas is good news because it's divine news. In verse 11, it tells us that unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. If Jesus was just another man, if he, even if he was a good leader and a good man, if Jesus was just a man, this news is not good. Thankfully, The message of Christmas, the news of Christmas in this angelic announcement is still good news and powerful today because Christ was, he is, and will always be more than just a man. So the angel said that he is Christ, the Savior and Lord. He is Christ, the Savior. I'm about to blow your mind with seminary knowledge, all right? Guess what the function of a Savior is? To save. save. Wow. The, the, The purpose of a Savior is to save. And we can escape the penalty, the power of sin, because we have a Savior. And that is good news, but he's also Lord. You see, a lot of people want Jesus to take them to heaven, but they don't want Jesus to tell them what to do on earth. A lot of people want Jesus to help them escape hell, but they don't want Jesus to be their boss because we want to have it our way. But Jesus, I believe I can say this from the totality of teaching from Scripture and upon the authority of the Word of God, that if Jesus is not embraced as Lord, He cannot be your Savior. For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Here's the wonderful thing about Jesus being our Lord. That means that we have a leader, we have a ruler who does not dominate us. Who does not seek to dictate our lives in such a way that we have no ability to experience his blessings. 
But we have a Lord who seeks to guide us. And as Jesus taught us, if our earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to children, how much more will our heavenly Father do and be good for us? He is still Savior and Lord. Here's the last thing I'll mention to you. The news of Christmas is good news because it is redemptive news. It's redemptive news. And suddenly, verse 13, <coughs> suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Does that not sound like an odd fault for us to believe? Does that not even maybe sound like an untrue thought that Christ, in Christ the world is at peace? When you consider all the conflict in the world, historians who are much, much smarter than I, and they've looked at this stuff, they, they've calculated that over the history of the world, there's only been about 5% of the years in which somebody hadn't been fighting somebody else. I like to, this time of year, listen to, to that song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. And there's that line in that verse where the author says, and in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Here's what we need to remember about this glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The peace that this angelic announcement declared wasn't primarily about peace between people and people. It was a declaration of the possibility for peace between people and God. For you see, if you don't have peace with God, you will never have peace with people. If nations are ever to stop warring, the nation must first have peace with God or it will never have peace with other people. I believe what the angels want us to, to realize in this angelic announcement is that with the birth of Jesus, it is possible for us to have peace with God because the prophet Isaiah told us this. About Jesus, he said that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us what? Peace. And by his stripes we are healed. He's not talking about peace between me and you. He's talking about peace between me and God. Or Paul says this in Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, that's in relationship with God. Since we've been justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
He says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 16, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he, Jesus himself, is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the, cro- through the cross, therefore killing the hostility. Did you catch that? Look at what he says, is that he might reconcile us both to God in one body before we have peace on the earth among people. There must be a peace in my life on this earth with God who's above this earth. And the good news is that's possible because of Jesus. It's possible because he was born and he lived and died. And was raised from the dead. So I can be at peace with God. Pretty good news. I agree. Good job angels, right? I mean, they they knocked it out of the park. It's almost like they have a front row seat to what God is doing and what God is thinking. Wonderful news that they tell us. But here's the thing that we need to remember this morning. Hearing this good news, it's good to hear, but if it's only heard, it's not going to do you much good. Good news does no good unless action is taken upon it. See, the good news of Jesus does you no good. Unless you take action upon the good news. And what's wonderful about taking action is that Jesus has already done the work. We simply have to receive what he's done for us. I don't know what's going to be stuck under your tree this year. But I guarantee you that it doesn't matter what it is. Even if there's a bow on automobile outside your house, because apparently that happens 44 years, it ain't happened to me yet. (laughs) And apparently every kiss begins with K, and a lot of that stuff we think is what this is all about. But if you don't have the gift of Jesus... Pardon my PhD language, you ain't got nothing. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, it doesn't matter what you fill your life with, you're empty. It's nothing. The good news is only good news if you embrace it. And here's the thing. You've been confronted with it this morning. You have to make a choice. You don't have the option to skip the decision. To skip the decision is to make a decision. You've got to make a decision today. What you're going to do with this good news. 
Has there been a time in your life when you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, when this good news was applied to you, that, that you confessed your sin to God, you repented of that sin in your heart, and you asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? If there's never been a time in your life when you've done that, that is your step today. That is a response you can make to this good news that when I pray in just a second that you tune me out and you pray to God during that time and in your prayer to God as best as you know how, you admit to God that you're a sinner. You agree with him about what he said about your sin. You confess to God your sin. and You tell God that you are repenting of that sin today, that you no longer want to follow the ways of this world, but you want to follow Jesus and you simply ask Jesus to save you. You receive his gift of salvation. If you've made that decision already, you still have to make a choice today. What are you going to do with this good news? Because normally, when people get good news, what do they do? They share it. You'll post about everything else under the sun. You'll post about what you ate. You'll post about where you went. We'll post about how we feel. But will you share the good news about Jesus? That's our task as followers of Jesus. Because it is the best news. The best news in the world is that Jesus saved me. And if that's really the best news in my life, then we need to let other people know about it. Would you bow your head right where you are? As you bow your head, I'm going to pray. After I pray, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. This is called our time of commitment. This altar is open. There's some kneeling benches here if you want to come pray in the altar. You're certainly welcome to do that. You're welcome to pray wherever you are. I don't know what step you need to take, but I, I just want you to put your yes on the table. If God is calling you to himself, if God's calling you to salvation, would you just pray and ask him to be your Lord and Savior? If you've got questions about that or, or you want to know more about how you do that, you can come down and, 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 and share that with me, and, and I'll get you linked up with someone right here before you leave today who can help you understand that decision. Maybe God has placed someone on your heart, follower of Jesus, that you need to share this good news with, and, and this day doesn't need to end before you send them a text or give them a call or go make a visit and share with them the most wonderful thing that ever happened to you in your life, Jesus saving you from your sin. Father God, I thank you today that the news of Christmas is still good news because salvation is still possible. And so I pray that whatever need we have today, whatever step is our next one to take, would you help us take it? In Jesus' name, amen. Let's...